as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. We're back. It's season, I guess two and a half, but it's season three of the Top Pair Podcast. What's up, everybody? It is me. It's your host. It is Eric Weinstein back after about a month and a half hiatus. Uh, with me, as always, sporting some very nice new glasses, Nick Maxwell. Nick, how was your unofficial but official break? Oh, it was lovely. Did some fishing towards the end of summer. Did a little bit of traveling. Saw the fam. You know, just a good cleansing, relaxation period before we really get into it, you know? Exactly, yeah. I figured... I feel like we kind of had the same idea. Every hockey podcast on earth was like, yeah, we're going to take our like month and a half break. And then I was like, well, we have nothing to talk about. Nick knows we have nothing to talk about. Let's just not record for a little while. But we're back. We, we, know, we know that you missed us. We missed you. And you know what we got to do first to kick off season three of the Top Pair Podcast? We got to go through the house, housekeeping. See, I'm stumbling because I'm so rusty. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Audio Boom, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Casts. Hopefully, you can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That's A1SportsNetwork.com. Got to give Chris a text to be like, yo, dog, I didn't die. Throwing you a podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at uh, TopPair underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Weinstein, two seeds, two ends. Same for Instagram, Nikki. Plug it. Yep. Find me on my Twitter handle at Maxwell01 or on my Instagram at Nick J. Maxwell. I think that should be the name of the episode. Yo, dog, we didn't die. Yo, dog, we back. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could do that. I'll take that. All right, you can name the episode this week. Okay, so how, what are we going to be doing the next few weeks since the divisions are back to normal after, and I still had to look them up to remember what they were. Um, we're going to be doing our division previews. We're going to be breaking down the Atlantic, the Metropolitan, the Pacific, and the Central. Um, tonight, we are starting with the Atlantic. And the team to start with, in my opinion, is the team that lost the Stanley Cup to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that would be the Montreal Canadiens. They finished fourth in the division. They were 24-21-11. and um, Again, they lost to the Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. They are coached. By Jack Frost himself, Dominique Ducharme. Um, a lot of losses on this team. Uh, they lose Shea Weber potentially forever. Um, he's definitely out for the season. Could have potentially played in his last game. Um, David Savard signed a four-year contract to come in and play for Montreal. Um, they also they brought in Christian Dvorak via trade. Matthew Perot and Cedric Paquette. Two other newcomers. Um, but the biggest story for them, also the most petty and the weirdest story for them, Jesperikot Konami is now on the Carolina Hurricanes after the first offer sheet since, I think, Dustin Penner that was successful. I think it was 2007. Sounds right. Yeah, I, I, there might have been another real small minor leaguer in there, but yeah, I think it's pretty yeah, much The right. one that people care about was Dustin Penner. Um, they also lose Philip Deneau, who signed a hefty six-year contract with LA Kings, um, bringing in Christian Dvorak to kind of, you know, soften the blow there. Um, hope, hoping that Jonathan Drouin can come back in um, 232 points in 393 regular season games with the, with the Lightning and the Canadians in his career. Nicholas, what are your thoughts 
on Le Habitant de Montreal. I I think in terms of this division, this is probably the biggest wild card team. Like I think they have a good mix of youth and veteran presence talents. I mean, I like. I don't really mind the fact they didn't pay Cockney that contract. To I don't me, either. His his development was kind of botched, and I think if you can get a first and a third for that guy who was playing your third line center role, you make that trade every single day. So I, I do think. You know, this division has definitely got a lot better last year. I mean, they're not going to be able to have a lot of those easy games. But for me, I, I think this team finishes just outside the playoff spot. I do like the addition of David Savard. I think they have really good depth scoring, bringing in guys like Mike Hoffman. I think Christian Devorak kind of softens that blow of losing to no. But I don't know what you're going to get out of Jonathan Julian as he, he kind of has his battles with his mental health as he's been really kind of open about. Like you said, just that leadership factor that Shea Weber brings. I mean, I, I won't be surprised if I'm wrong about this, but I think they finish, you know, real close, maybe like four or five points out of a playoff spot. I just think they take a step back this year. Um, but I, I like the direction that they're heading in. Mark Bergevin doesn't have a con, doesn't have a uh, a contract going on past this year. So I think you know, if things kind of go a little bit sideways early, what does what type of move does he try to make? But I, I just think, I don't know, I just think this is going to be a much tougher division than what they faced last year, so I have them just outside of the playoff spot. It def, I, I agree with you. I have them missing the playoffs. I mean, just to lose a guy like Shea Weber, who commands respect from both teams, you know, maybe like the best captain in terms of leadership in, in the NHL, but what helps them is that they have a good leadership group without him, you know, Guys like Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, you know Jeff Petrie, guys who have been there for a long time. Um, missing Carey Price, I believe, to start the season is also going to hurt them. So it's going to be a lot of Jake Allen in net, but I- I'm with you. I think it's going to be close but no cigar uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. So um, moving right along, you want to just get it out of the way? You want to talk about your team? Sure, why not? All right, let's talk about the Sabres. Of Buffalo, um, a lot of turnover, a lot of guys who are no longer there. Uh, Taylor Hall traded at the deadline. Sam Reinhart traded to Florida. Jack Eichel losing the C. Rasmus Ristolainen going to Philadelphia, which of deal I feel like the Sabers won ten times out of ten, but that's neither here nor there. Um, they lose Brandon Montour. You know they lose a lot of guys are gone, and the way that. They replace them. Nick, I'm just going to send it on over to you. What? What? Why don't you tell me about the moves that the Sabers made, and you know what? What exactly is going on up in Western New York? I mean, this is just Moneyball personified, right? Like this. I mean, you look at some of these guys: Vinny Hidestroza, Ryan McGinnis, Drake Kajula, John Hayden. Those are all like analytic darlings, basically, uh, and that's like that's essentially their scouting report. Um, I just think like the fact that they just let Linus Yomark walk in free agency and RFA and, and, and went with Boston, I was just an absolute shock to me. I mean, for a team that had as much cap space and money that, that they had and they just kind of let him walk and whatever, I just made no sense to me. I mean, I, I look at it this way. I think once the, once the Eichel stuff is over with this year, I think it's finally rock bottom. You know, like, I think that's the one positive you look at. It's like, this is the year where we're finally hitting rock bottom. 
And then like maybe starting next year, you can kind of start making that climb towards improvement towards the top. But overall, I mean, I, I like their back end. I mean, if like like me being a Sabres, I almost said if if you're a Sabres fan, yeah. Like I, being a Sabres fan, like I like their back end. I think they have a lot of good young pieces on there. You know, Dolly and signing a three year deal, obviously at six mil, I think is a really good bargain ship for it. And you're just hoping that some of these young guys develop, right? Like Dylan Cousins, Rasmus Asplin, you know, Victor Olsson. Hopefully, still keeps his his scoring touch going, going, but. Yeah, overall, it's going to be another long year. You know, Don Granado, I hope he gets another. I hope it's not like a one-and-done coaching situation. I hope he gets like an actual fair crack at this because I think he's one of those long-time assistants that's earned it. But I think it's just kind of more of the same this year. What's good about I'm going to give you some some upside on the Sabres. I'm going to give you something that can make you happy. Listen, I know it's going to be a tough one. Dylan Cousins, 20. Casey Middlestat, 22. Tage Thompson, 23. Rasmus Dahlin, 21. Yoki Haru, 22. You know, there is a ton of youth. I didn't even say everybody yet. I mean, they have the kid Uka Pekka Lukinen, the goalie. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, this name is not going to go well. R2 Rootsalainen. Rootsalainen. All right, so I had it right. R2 Rootsalainen, you know, he had 13 points and 13 games for Rochester last year. Five goals in 17 games for the Sabres last year. I mean, there's, there is some hope um, among all the garbage, trash. There is some hope, and Stuff. hey, yeah. Right now, your projected fourth line is Kyle Pozo, Cody Eakin, and Zemgis Girgensons. It could be worse. I guess. I mean, right. for me, like it, the the four. Biggest, like, obviously outside of, like, Cousins and, and Dolly and those guys, like, the guy you said, like, Rutsalainen, Jack Quinn, JJ, and JJ Paterka probably playing with Rochester this year, I hope. Like, this is such a crucial year of development for those guys. They, they're they one of, the, they're, like, part of that group of people who really got their development destroyed by the, by the pandemic and everything else and having some of their seasons cut short. I hope those guys get, like, some experience playing together maybe up with the big club if there's injuries and stuff. But ultimately, I want those three to be playing as a core, a big part of Rochester this year. So I forgot to send it to you, or maybe I did. The shootout goal, that, or the like, the penalty shot goal that Jack Quinn scored, it was either, I think it might have been practice or whatever it was. I mean, the kid looks pretty sick. So you, you're losing one Jack, but you're gaining another super skilled Jack and Jack Quinn. Um there's names I like here. I mean, there's guys who obviously aren't going to be around after the season, like Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell. This is just a, a band aid. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Craig Anderson actually retired before he signed. I thought he retired before he was with the Capitals last year. That's. Hang on, you're very I, choppy. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get that one at all. I, I just lost you for like ten seconds. Am I here? I hear you now. Yeah. Okay. We're yeah, rusty. Just, I, We're rusty. Like, I, I don't get the goaltending situation at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. And, like, for a, a young – like I said, I think, ironically, like, the best best, best part of this team is going to be their decor. But when you're going to be a decor that you can make zero mistakes against and you're not going to get bailed out by your goaltender, that's a really tough time to play, especially in this division. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So I think we both comfortably – 
have the Buffalo Sabres in the basement of the Atlantic Division. Okay, moving right along. Let's go with maybe the most improved team in the entire NHL. It's very possible. The Florida Panthers, who, as we all know, I give a lot of shit to. Um, the Florida Panthers, coached, of course, by the legend Joe Quinville, 37-14-5, second place in the Central last year. They lost to Tampa in the first round of the playoffs in a very, very entertaining first-round series. Um, they're going to get Aaron Ekblad back, who had that really, really tough injury. Uh, they re-signed Anthony Bennett, Sam, Anthony Bennett, Anthony Duclair, Sam Bennett. <laughs> Anthony Bennett was is the bust of bus in the NBA draft. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Anthony Duclair, Sam Bennett, and Carter Verhage, uh, as well as Brandon Montour and Gustav Forsling. Um, they brought in Sam Reinhardt and the GOAT, Joe Thornton. Um, Thornton, a one-year deal, 14th all-time in scoring. Um, but to me, the big story is between the pipes. Can you get anything? out of the 10-year deal for Sergei Bobrovsky. I think that that's the only thing that's holding this team back with guys like Barkov, guys like Huberdo, Ekblad, Mackenzie Wieger had a great season last year. You know, you got Spencer Knight in the pipeline, but you got to get something out of Big Bob in that $10 million deal. I mean, I, I think politically this is going to start off being Bob's nut, and then like probably about 25 games in, Spencer Knight's just going to take control and run with it. But I, I agree. I think I think Florida is probably the most improved team, probably in the National Hockey League, not even just this division, right? Like that top six with Barkoff, Huberto. Like people forget how much of a tear Sam Bennett was on when he came over after that trade, and now you put somebody like, ironically, the guy who was drafted, like the guy that was drafted before him, Sam Reinhart, and then pair him with Duclair, and then for Toronto and Verhage, who had a really underrated year last year. Just I think their, their forward group is absolutely. Yeah, I think their forward group is absolutely loaded. Um, I still don't love the depth on their back end. I think they probably will need to add a piece there at the trade deadline. But, uh, yeah, the X, the X factor is going to be Bobrovsky. And if not him, Knight. Like, just need to be solid, maybe a little bit above solid for this team, I think, to make a deep playoff run. But I think having that experience last year, I mean, that great series against Tampa that was so fun and entertaining so to watch. So fun. Yeah, like I think I think they're gonna have a big that that's gonna be a big learning curve for them. And I think Quenville's gonna use that as like a big, hey guys, we can we can F and do this. We just gotta like, you know, play the right way and clean up our mistakes and just, you know, not have some of our best players get suspended during the series and, and we can compete with anybody in this league. Yeah, and, and things really took a turn for them when they lost Ekblad. Ekblad was in the middle of that career the career year he was having and that tough, tough injury. But he's going to be back 100%, it looks like. And, you know, he just fortifies that team. And, Nick, I don't know if this take is too hot, but I think this team is winning the division. I really do. I think they're going to take the division title. Uh, I don't know if they'll win the President Trophy or anything, but I think they are going to win this division. Yeah, I, I have the same thing. I, th I think they have bringing in Thornton as a veteran presence. And I like, you know, building on the fact that they have had a really good foundation year last year and, it's always Florida, right? So nobody ever talks about them. And I think they're they're perfectly fine with that flying out of the radar type mentality. So it's it's going to be, 
you know, obviously COVID permitted because where they are in Florida, it's always the hotbed of the country. Right. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, I have them also winning the division. I penciled them in at the top. Yeah. I think it's with the moves that they made and the, the potential between the pipes. I think it's pretty safe to say that we can do that. So why don't, why don't we stay in Florida? Let's go to your two-time reigning, defending, undisputed Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, so they lost a lot. They lose Yanni Gord. They lose the entire third line. So it was Gord, Goodrow, and Blake Coleman. Um, Why am I blanking on who else they lost? What is what is the matter with me? Um, they lose Corey Perry, another you know, I guess just depth piece at this point. Um, they're going to be looking for a lot from guys like you know Matthew Joseph. Looking at a lot from guys like like Ross Colton. You know, it's it's not going to be a wash like it was the past two years where they were just so stacked ahead of everybody. But when you're when you're sending out lines with Braden Point, Kucherov, you know Stamkos, you know the names, Hedman, Sergachev, it's they're going to be finishing at the top of this division. There's no doubt about that, health permitting, of course. Yeah, for sure. I, I you know, one thing we always learned is that this team always tinkers with ways with their roster and and always figures out how the best to use their group. I mean. John Cooper's been famous for using like the eleven forwards, seven defensemen system. But I mean, when you have arguably a top three winger, a, probably the best defenseman, and arguably the best goaltender in the National Hockey League, you know you're going to be competing, and you know you're going to be there at the end, especially with the experience that this team has. Julian Breezewa just signed a massive five-year contract today, so the stability in hand looks looks really good for the future. You know, I, I really, to me, it's going to be about that 5-6 pairing, I think, with Jan Ruda and Cal Foote finally coming in, needing to play kind of meaningful minutes, right? Like, you know what you're going to get with Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Sergachev, and then it's just like, you kind of just need to piece together that 4-6 through six pairing with the four or five guys that they have in that rotation. Um, and I just think in their fourth, fourth line role, I, I think it's just going to be about speed. I think that's what John Cooper's going to want, right? So I think that's why you're bringing in a Matthew a Matthew Joseph, like a Jamel Smith, like those types of guys that are just that bring that one element to that game that's going to make a real difference and be a really hard play against. Um, I still definitely think this is a playoff team. I don't think there's going to be any type of three-peat happening this year, though. I don't either. I think it's, it's, it's already hard enough to win twice in a row. Now you got to, and especially with the way the season, how close – close in time they were it was only a couple months before the season started last year um i have them making the playoffs and probably winning a round or two um but i also do not have them uh winning the stanley cup again all right so moving up from florida why don't we go who didn't we say let's talk about maybe hopefully not a bottom feeder for too much longer uh the detroit red wings now, the Red Wings have been your bottom feeders with the Sabres the past couple seasons. Um, but things are finally starting to look up. Some of these kids are finally, you know, starting to come in. They brought in uh, Nick Letty, Pia Suter, Alex Nedeljkovic in that weird trade with the Hurricanes. 
Carter Rowney and Mitchell Stevens. Um, they lost Jonathan Bernier and Richard Ponick in the Letty deal. Um, I love the moves that they made. I mean, it's not anything that's going to really, you know, blow you away. But bringing in Nedeljkovic for two years on $6 million? I mean, that's that's a bargain. He was like, he was good for the Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes are just like, oh, we're good. We'll take Jonathan Bernier. It's fine. We don't need our goalie of the future. Oh, we lost Nick. Sorry, I think the internet crapped out. Okay, that's good. Did you hear anything I said? Uh, last thing I heard was that they traded Jonathan Bernier for Ponick. I think it's something else. So I was saying they traded Bernier for Nedeljkovic. Um, they're basically it was basically if you want to put it in like as close as possible, you're trading John, you're trading Jonathan Bernier and you're getting back Nedeljkovic. That's a steal, especially because you're only paying Nedeljkovic three million over the next two years, three million per for the next two years. Yeah, for sure. I I think you know this team is going to take steps. I still don't think they're a playoff team, obviously, no. but I think. Adding Nick Letty is a big boost. Jordan Osterley coming over from Arizona is a power play specialist. He instantly makes that power play much better. Um, and then I think up front, like if Tyler Bertuzzi can stay healthy for a whole year, and by healthy I mean if he can also get fucking vaccinated, you know that's also a big boost to you're the so, team as well. You're so politically charged today. <laughs> you're so charged, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, get vaccinated. Stop being a moron. Uh, and then I think they have a lot of – I think the other underrated sign was Pia Suter coming over from Chicago as well. I think that's a really good second, third-line centerman. Um, this team's going to be a pain to play against. You know, like I, I don't think they're going to be the real walkover that they have been the last couple of years. You know, they have a couple of extra picks going into next year too. Um, Nadalkovich, for as good as a year Bernier had, Nadalkovich is instantly an upgrade over over him in that situation. And he's going to get a chance to really kind of grow in that role with him only being 25. You know, I don't, they're definitely not a playoff team. I still think they finish just above the Sabres and, you know, maybe kind of battle a little bit with, with the Sens or with the Sens for that, that next spot. But overall, I think this team, I mean, they have a lot of prospects like, you know, like Raymond and, and, Worried cider and and a lot of those guys are coming. So like, get your jokes in with yeah. about the Detroit Red Wings while you can, because in three or four years you're not really going to be laughing about them. Do you remember when the Wings took Maurice Cider and it was like, why'd they take him? That's kind of a reach. Yeah, he's unreal, and he's probably going to make the team this year. He's instantly a Calder Trophy favorite, one of the favorites with Cole Caulfield. I mean, he's. Ridiculous. Yeah, and if, and if it, people haven't heard of him, like you'll hear you haven't heard him. that name before, like hit YouTube, like just after we finish this episode, so just look up his highlight tape. So smooth, so slick, like he's awesome. Um, your best case scenario for the Red Wings, it's you just want to see development. You want to see guys like Philip Zadina, you know, Philip Aronik, Cider, Nadelkovic, and Jacob Vrana, who was great after the trade from Washington. You want to see those guys just continue to take steps forward. Um, there's only one guy on the roster who makes more than six million, and it's Dylan Larkin, and he barely makes over six million. So there's a how is he only twenty five? I feel like he's been there for like ten years. I don't know, but I'm so glad he's going to be on the USA team, so people can see just how good this guy is. Um, I I just I want to see development from these guys. That's it. 
you know, you bring in a couple veterans like Letty and, you know, Carter Rowney, you know, guys like that. You want to see Ronick, you know, he only had two goals in 56 games. You know, you kind of want a little more than two goals. So you just want to see movement. You know, they came in seventh last year in the Central Division. We're looking at seven again. I mean, it is what it is. Um, okay, let me pull up. Let's go to the last, not bottom feeder, but the team that... I mean, it's very possible that this team could surprise everybody. Let's talk about the Ottawa Senators. Sixth place in the North Division. They went 23-28-5. Um, Brady Kachuk is another year older. They brought in Nick Holden, Zach Sanford, Pontus Auberg, Dylan Hetherington, Cole Sherwood, and Scott Saborin. Okay. Um, but they, they get off Evgeny Dadnoff's contract. They trade Logan Brown to the Blues. Um, they lose like Derek Stepan, Ryan Dezingle, you know, stuff that doesn't matter. Um, so Pierre Dorian said at the start of training camp, this rebuild is done. Quote unquote, done. Um, now what? Uh, I, well, I mean, you have the players, but the players need to grow, right? right. I mean... The awesome news for them is that their highest paid forward, I mean, this is obviously before Brady Kachuk signs his next contract, only makes 4.9. So, like, you're in a great spot financially if you're the sense. Listen, all the pieces are there. You know, Kachuk, uh, Stutzley, Batherson, Colin White, Alex Formanton, Shabbat, uh, Nicholas Paul, Austin Watson. And then on the back end, I mean, I think you need a little bit, a few more pieces after Shabbat. Um, but I do like the Nick Holden signing to kind of be like that veteran presence next to Shabbat and just kind of have, be like that voice to kind of lean on and sort of confine him. But I mean, the goaltending, how is that not a concern to you? Right? Like they couldn't get a save for Matt Murray last year to save their lives. Oh honey. If they had, it's a concern. Yeah, like if, they, if they had slightly above average goaltending, they might've been, you know, playing some meaningful games towards the end of last season. I don't like, to me, that's the part where I'm concerned about if I'm Pierre Dorian. Yeah, and he he makes a pretty penny. He makes six point two five million f- until twenty twenty three twenty four. So they're they're on the hook for that Matt Murray contract if he can't regain, you know, any type of what he was in Pittsburgh during those good years. But I like the sense if the if the rebuild is quote unquote over, I best case scenario is they're competing to be behind Montreal. Um, you know, worst case scenario is these guys, nobody really takes a real step. You know, they just keep the losing continues and, you know, guys regress. But they got to get Brady Kachuk under contract. I think the Sens want to lock him up long term. And he wants to do like a three-year bridge deal, kind of like the Matt Barzell deal, and then get paid after that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't think he's going anywhere. But Yeah, you know. I, the latest I heard is that he wants like the same type of contract, same number AAV-wise as Shabbat at around eight. And the Sens don't want to go quite that high, but it's like you're going to probably name this guy captain, right? Or at least, you know, co-captain or assistant captain with Shabbat. I don't know. Like, to me, it's like if you're only doing a three-year bridge deal, what is the harm in this? You have, you know, a couple of pieces in the future that are going to get slight raises, but it's nothing where you're in a serious cap crunch. Like, they're they're $21.5 million under the cap. Like, yeah. I don't understand where this scare is coming from. So if you pay your young star who I'm pulling up his stats, he had 36 points in 56 games. 
You know, he's only he's only grown every year. Listen, just give him the bridge deal, lock him up after year two, put the C on him, call it a day. So, I mean, that's just that's kind of how it goes for me. I think the San, with they got to get Kachuk locked up. And even with Kachuk, you just want to see everybody, you know, all the young guys, you know, even guys like Artem Zub, you know, Stutzley, like you said, Shane Pinto, Norris. Now, you just want to see the guys take a step. Artem Zub, he had a couple sweet goals throughout the year. You did, just want did to... you see Ridley Grieg's goal the other night I in, their, in their preseason game? Went between the legs, dragged it, and then went backhand under the bar. I was like, "Oh my lord!" That's what. That's what. I mean, that's what we're saying. They have tons of young skill. I mean, you suck for a while. That's what's going to happen. Your your prospect pool is going to be awesome. So, and that's what they're looking at right now. Pierre Dorian has done a great job. I wouldn't have said that the rebuild was done yet, but I think winning days are are coming soon for the uh, for the Ottawa Senators. For sure, for sure. I, I don't think it's going to be long. I mean, this division is about to turn over, really. I mean, I guess we could probably go into talking about Boston next, but yeah. some of these teams are starting to get older now, you know, that have been at the top of this for a while, and now you see some of these young teams starting to take these steps. Yeah, so let's talk about those Boston Bruins. I mean, what a what a summer. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, so let's start. They went 33-16-7. They were third in the East. They lose to the Islanders in the second round of the playoffs. Um, Bruce Cassidy is their coach. Um, so the whole thing with the Bruins is that it's been the core, right? So let's say who the core is. It's, it was Rask, Krejci, Chara, Bergeron, Marchand, whoever. So right now, as of this recording, it's really only Bergeron and Marchand right now. Um, they lose Krejci, who is scoring some sick goals in the Czech Republic. Um, you know, they have the perfection line, obviously, Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak. Craig Smith had a nice year last year. Um, Charlie Coyle played well. You know, Charlie McAvoy continues to progress, but these guys ain't getting any younger. And Bergeron's got one year left on his deal. He said he doesn't know what's going to happen after this season, if he's going to play, if he's going to re-up, he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, and, and even if like even if he said he did want to play and he was all in, like if you're Boston, what's the next contract for him look like? Like, do you want to give him a five year deal and it's going to hamstring you for the next for the two three years after that? You know, the, that guy's never had an easy shift in his life. No, oh, that guy plays a hard. He's what thirty six. That's that's an old thirty six. Yeah. Because of how hard that guy plays, all the big games he's been in, all the mileage. You know, they bring in guys like, like Tomas Nosek. You know, they still have guys like Stednica and Trent Frederick. That they're looking for places for their big their big move in the offseason is bringing in Linus Allmark. You know, four-year deal. He was good. You know, Jacob Swayman was good at the end of the year. Um, they bring back Taylor Hall who was completely shut down in the second round of the playoffs. He scored an empty net goal, and that was it. Um, so with the Bruins, I mean, I think they're going to get into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, I think they're going to be a wild card team. You know, I, I think even before Krejci left, center position was always still a concern for me because I still don't know. Like, the inconsistencies in Charlie Coyle's game have always been – really bothersome to me and now you take 
obviously Krejci out, and now you're sliding Coyle into probably the second C-hole, where I think on probably half the nights in the NHL, he's going to be outmatched against whoever he plays against. And again, I could be wrong, because maybe you're putting him with a guy like Taylor Hall and, and Jake DeBrusque, but, or Eric Howla, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's a little, it's still not quite comfortable enough for me to say. You know, Linus Yolmark, I liked him a lot in Buffalo. You know, that being said, he does have an injury history. And they played the game last year of, of playing Jeremy Swayman and some of their younger goalies a lot when, when Tuka Rask was out. But, you know, are you really going to be comfortable doing that for a full 82-game season instead of a 56-game season? Right. So I, I do think this team is still going to be a tough team to play against night in and night out. I still think they're going to be a playoff team and probably a team you want to avoid playing in the first round with all their experience. But I, I don't see... I don't think cup contender when I think of the Boston Bruins anymore. Right. I agree. Um, they also brought back um, Mike Riley, who I like a lot. They brought him back in a three year, $9 million deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Basically echoing what you said. I like them to make the playoffs. I like them as a first round out and there's going to be some major, major changes in Beantown, in my opinion, over the next year or so. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the amount of guys, I mean, you know, after this next year, after next offseason, they have, you know, seven players under contract. So this roster could turn over really quickly. Yep, really could. All righty. It's time for All or Nothing. (laughs) The Toronto Maple Leafs. We've spent all this time not talking about them. And here we are. You know, their biggest move of the offseason, they brought in Josh Hosang. Um, he's in on a PTO. Um, so, you know, that's their biggest move. You know, that's all they're thinking about is, you know, what he can do. Just kidding. Not really. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, everybody's making jokes about the uh, about the Leafs. Oh, it's all or nothing. It's like their last dance, even though they haven't won shit. And that's putting it nicely. <laughs> Um, they're bringing I love the- that Like when I used to just be the only one that hated the Leafs, and then you just went full-fledged in after the Tavares thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I never liked them, but then, like, eesh. once Tavares got there, forget it. Um, okay, back to the Leafs. So, you know the names. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Morgan Riley. They're going to have Jack Campbell in goal. They lose Zach Hyman to that seven-year deal to uh, the Oilers. And this is definitely a playoff team. Make no mistake. They're definitely making the playoffs. Are they going to win a round? Can they just win a round so everybody shuts the hell up? Um... Depends on who they play, honestly. Like that's that's always gonna like that's gonna be my answer for everything. Yes, this team is really good. Um, you know, I actually like some of their depth signings. You know, Michael Bunting, analytic darling, another oh, yeah. one of those. Andre Kasha has been a guy that I've always been high on. He's, He's just fine. he can yeah. never freaking stay healthy. Like that's always been his problem. So if they do somehow catch lightning in a bottle, I think that really that will be a really good third line pairing for them. You know. Bringing back Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons, they had solid years last year. You know, 
does adding a year onto an already old body do good for that? I'm not exactly sure. And then, obviously, in goal, you have two guys who they say are going to kind of do be a 1 and 1A type situation. But you're going from a, a situation where you know you have a bona fide number one guy in Freddie Anderson, who's now at Carolina. And then you go with, you know, Jack Campbell, who's never started more than 25 or 26 games in a single season. And you're going with Peter Mrazek, whose rap has always been solid goaltender, but in the biggest games, he's always kind of, you know, melted under the situation. So that the the story for them is going to be regular season doesn't really matter. Austin Matthews can win the Rocket Richard again. I don't, it doesn't really matter. You know, Jake Jake Muzzin can be a plus 27. doesn't really matter. Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek could have the, the lowest goals against average in the regular season. doesn't really matter. It's all going to be about what this team can do in the playoffs because if they have another first-round exit, I'm thinking that's going to be game, set, and match for everybody in this in this front office. Yeah, it's going to be blow it up, trade everybody. I mean, the guys that they're relying on, you know, those depth guys that you brought up, and you were so nice about them. You see some of the na- the other names, the guys that you didn't say? David Kampf. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jason Spetz is 38, and it's an old, old, old 38. Uh, Nick Ritchie is fine. Pierre Engvall is fine. I still can't believe they have Alex Kerfoot on their roster. Like, how do they not dump that $3.5 million? I don't know. They brought in Curtis Gabriel, Nikita Gusev. Like, what are we talking about? Like, if if they're not going to get the goals from the top six, the guys that make all the money, and they don't win 6-4, six, six, they're not going to win. That being said, I think... Yeah. That being said, I think they're going to come in second in the division, and they're going to lose in the first round. Yeah, that's why I have. I have them actually. I think uh, did I have them in first or second. I don't remember. We well, had the Panthers um, in first. Yeah. Okay. I think they have them in a really close second then, just because um, like I feel like if they have one injury or so, then it's going to be it's going to be a shit show. But anyway, yeah. Like I just I don't know. Like this will be a very interesting season. I think. Because if you're if you're Sheldon Keefe, right, it's only going to be your second full season at the helm. Like, if front office goes, like, what chance do you stand having another GM and probably president of hockey ops who didn't hire you? Well, it's like probably that. In, it's great. like that in every sport. You know, when the football coach gets the head coach, the GM gets fired, the new GM comes in. They want to bring in their guy. That's just how it goes. You know, the, Sheldon Keefe is Dubis's guy. But if Dubis goes and Shanahan goes, it keeps following them right out the door. So um, they also have to make a decision on Morgan Riley because he is a UFA at the end of the season, and he is a very good defenseman. So yeah, gonna... I thought I was reading a TSN article that was really funny because like it's the same guy who like keeps pumping the tires about how like this guy has to carry their whole blue line, and then it was like the article was like, should they pay him or should they let him walk? Because he has a lot of long miles, and he's been here for all the failures. I'm like, oh, that's a that was a quick, uh, quick 180 on that. On yeah, that. like you can't let a guy like Morgan Riley walk, especially with that with what they have on the blue line. You can't yeah. let a guy like that walk. But yeah, and it, how much can they pay him? Really, not yeah, a lot. And if if he wants Dougie Hamilton money, he's easily going to get Dougie Hamilton money. Yeah, we see this every year. Somebody is stupid, and they'll pay. I mean, Zach Wierenski, God bless him, got nine and a half. I mean, people are stupid. That's what it is. 
Seth Jones, coming off his worst year of his career, got an eight-year extension. We'll get to we'll, we'll get to that. But um, okay, so that is your 2021-2022 Atlantic Division, Nikki. Not bad for our first week back in a couple months. Yep, it feels good. I feel like I'm shaking the cobwebs out, yeah, getting just, rid of the spiders, you know. Yeah, you know, I had to get the dust. Uh, what's it called? Like the duster out. Get those cobwebs out of here. You know, get the vacuum, vacuum up the dust. You know, you know, had to get it taken care of. But uh, you know, we're back. It's going to be another preview next week. Next week we will go into the Metropolitan Division. Nick is finding that out for the first time. Um, we're going to talk about the Metro next week. Um, the, it is. You know, we're getting close. We're about two weeks out from real hockey. So um, keep following along. The Twitter's going to get back up. The Instagram is going to be used again. And, uh, you know, the boys are back. Nikki, before we wrap up, anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye to the nice people? Um, uh, congrats to Jonathan Taves coming back yes. after a long layoff. Um, I missed you. Happy you're back. You know, the Chicago team's going to be interesting to watch. And then uh, I believe the McDavid-Hyman line last night had, like, a combined eight points. So uh, fantasy advice, free fantasy advice, uh, uh, pick up one of those guys. Yeah, draft Connor McDavid. That, that's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> draft Connor McDavid. He's good. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're also good. And we're your top pair. We'll see you later. <laughs>